Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. This thing has dumpster fire written all over it. Once in a while, a pirate can beat a soldier. Now their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Welcome to the South Sanity. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Zimmel. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, so if you haven't heard, if you aren't on Twitter, if you're not following me yet, it's Andrew underscore Zimmel, Andrew underscore Zimmel. This has been a very rough week. That's why we didn't have a Monday podcast. I know a lot of you reached out, and thank you for that. Friday night, uh, after we did the podcast and we got everything done and we were coming home, uh, I got a call from my mom, had to go down to the hospital in san antonio my grandfather 95 year old bob butler passed away uh friday night 905 was the official time um it was really tough rough uh because my grandfather uh we called him jetta which is check for grandfather uh jetta passed away friday and it was tough because not only did i see myself in him and a lot of my family members have said this to me as well that you know jetta jr they called me they they you know a lot of his personality, I reflect very much so. And not only that, was he was one of my best friends. Um, so him passing away uh, really shook me up. I wasn't able to come home and do the podcast on Sunday night. Uh, I tried to. I was too choked up. It just it didn't didn't happen. Didn't materialize. And I'm sorry for that. Apologize to all our fans. Um, but we're in here now. We're recording this Monday afternoon. It's going to come up Wednesday, so you're listening to this on Wednesday morning. Uh, We're not going to have a Friday podcast either. So this is what my game plan is for us. So Tuesday, I drive back down to my home, and then we drive my mom to the airport on Wednesday. She flies up to West Virginia, and she's going to help with her brother and sister arrange Bob Butler's funeral. And then my dad and my little brother and I are going to drive up to West Virginia for the viewing on Friday night and the funeral on Saturday. We're going to drive back down, so we might not get a podcast until Wednesday of next week at the earliest. Um, and then, of course, Friday we have Black Friday, Thursday is Thanksgiving, so we're not going to record. Um, so we might end up with one for that weekend, hopefully. And then, of course, we're going to get back on schedule, record on Sunday, put it up Monday. Um, but I and I have Brendan Snow. We talk Cowboys. We talk NFL football. We talk a little bit about Eli Manning. We talk Philadelphia Eagles. So it's a lot of NFC East type of stuff. Before we jump into all that, though, I do want to give a tribute to uh, Bob Butler. So if you were looking for that Brendan Snow interview, uh, skip forward a minute or two. This won't take super long, so stick with me. Um, Bob Butler was a sports fan first, and he really set the set it up very good for me. Right, he watched all the games when I was little. He came to my soccer games, came to my baseball games, watched me pitch in high school. He was the ultimate sports fan. Um, when he was little, he went to Yankee Stadium. He lived in the Bronx, went to Yankee Stadium, and saw one of I used to say the best, but now I'm not. Sorry, Jetta. Uh, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, Babe Ruth, play. 
one of the only guys that you're that I had never met, and I still probably will never meet, that watched Babe Ruth. Um, he served in World War II. He met my grandmother in the Czech Republic, or Czechoslovakia at the time. Uh, and so they got married. They had my mom. They had my aunts and uncles. Great. He saw the greatest game ever played with Johnny Unitas versus the New York Giants. He rode the subway, saw the game. Um, didn't keep the ticket stub for some reason, so we missed out on that great artifact. But, you know... Saw all these great sporting events, and once the Colts left Baltimore, uh, he became a Washington Redskins fan, so he watched the Redskins win a Super Bowl. Baltimore Orioles fan, saw them win a couple World Series, and, you know, he was a great storyteller. He was the dude that really I modeled myself after. And we went to Cooperstown when I was uh, mid-late or early teenager. Uh, we went to Cooperstown together with some other family members and it was it was one of the greatest memories I'll ever have of him. Walking around the halls of Can or uh, Coopertown. We went to Canon as well. We saw uh, the NFL Hall of Fame. It it really is I shared a lot of really special uh, formative memories with my Jetta, with my grandfather. So we wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for him. So you can thank him for that. So now we're going to move on to the Brendan Snow interview. And then after that, we're going to do a little bit of NBA talk because Jimmy Butler got traded on Saturday. And I haven't given you guys my reaction to that. And Carmelo Anthony might be the worst basketball player uh, in the league right now. And we're going to talk a little bit about that too. So stick around. Brendan Snow right after this. And with me now is Brendan Snow. You know, we had him on the podcast before talking LSU and a little bit of Saints football. Brendan, we got to admit right here that you were correct on that prediction that one of those two teams was going to win. Yeah, uh, it went down exactly what I thought. I didn't think LSU had the firepower for the keep up Bama. They didn't, but I knew New Orleans the next day would, you know, kind of salvage it, get the revenge back, uh, avenge them, if you will, beat the Rams to make the no teams undefeated, and the Saints continue their win streak. Yeah, I didn't think that the uh, Saints were going to come back and win that game. I thought that the Rams, or not come back and win that game. I thought that the Rams were going to come back and win, especially in the second half. They put up, what, 21 unanswered points. I thought that was really interesting. But anyway, Brendan, the reason we brought you on, of course, thanks for coming on. The reason we brought you on was talk a little bit of NFL action because we're not going to have, we didn't have a Monday podcast. We're not going to have a Friday podcast. This is coming out on Wednesday, so this is a pretty good, you know, wrap up the NFL right here. We've passed the halfway mark. We can kind of talk a little bit about, uh, the season so far, talk a little bit about what's happening now. You're a diehard Cowboys fan. Your Cowboys won on Monday Night Football, or I'm sorry, Sunday Night Football. They ended up beating the the Philadelphia Eagles, um, which are looking a lot like, not so much the Cowboys, but the Eagles are looking more and more like a one-hit wonder. I saw a lot of people making uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot jokes. Um, vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice jokes, yeah. But I don't know how I feel about that just yet, especially because it's still a little sore, the NFC Championship game, and I would hate to see the Eagles smack the hell out of my Vikings and then just never compete for another title again. I would like to see this team be one of those guy, teams that are like good for a little bit of a, a little while at least to show that you know it wasn't just a fluke that they beat my Vikings. Um, but how do we feel right now about the Eagles? You saw them last night against your Cowboys. How, how do you feel? How does this team look? About the Eagles? Uh, they're just not the same. It, like, well, they were dominant last different. year. Carson Wentz was playing at, you know, they said the MVP, MVP level. And then I hear things last night saying, well, if you look at Carson Wentz's first, you know, five games of this year, compare him to last season, he's on a better trajectory stats-wise this season than he was a year ago when he was an MVP frontrunner until he got injured. And then you kind of look at the Eagles' scores and you just wonder, wonder how. 
Uh, you scored 18 and won a game against the Falcons first game of the season. Yeah, yeah. You lost to the Buccaneers. Not forget that. And they only scored 21. And some of their games just not scoring points. 20 well, against the Colts. 23. To give Carson Wentz some credit here, a couple of those games, I think he missed the first four weeks. Yeah. So uh, that that's being said, uh, LeGarrette Blunt is really the only big name that's not, and Chris Long are two of the names that aren't on this team, year's team, compared to last year's team. And, I mean, I like Chris Long. You know, he's a great guy, humanitarian, philanthropist. But I don't think that he made that much of a difference, do you, on this team? Or it shouldn't have made that much of a difference. No, because the defense is still good. The defense is still averaging just 20.3 points a game, allowed per game, at sixth best in the NFL. The thing is, they're only scoring 22 points a game. It's all on the offensive side. They they haven't had an established running game. They had some guy running the, running the ball last night who I never heard of out of Notre Dame, uh, Josh Adams. Uh, they you know Coy Clement, he keeps going in and out. Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles. I don't, is he still employed by the team? I don't know what his thing is. I he I remember hearing him coming back, and then I guess he got hurt again. I just didn't see much about it. Like no LeGarrette Blunt as the kind of workhorse. If all else fails, we can go to LeGarrette Blunt. So they're struggling at running back and the receivers. They just made the tape, the trade for Tate, but still, all those receivers, none of them, you know, completely frighten you. I, I don't think it. I don't think you have a number one. You have a bunch of number twos and threes with Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar. See, don't say that too loud because a lot of people like Alshon Jeffrey, like a lot. Uh, I think he's a good fantasy wide receiver. I don't know if. You know, I want him on my team. Again, you kind of said they had that trade, Golden Tate to Philadelphia, and then Amari Cooper to Dallas, and a lot of people were clowning on Dallas because they gave up a number one pick for Amari Cooper, and I think the Eagles gave up with a fourth-round pick for Golden Tate. People felt like the Cowboys got bent over a barrel by Oakland, and, you know, this was the first trade John Gruden really won as his tenure as an Oakland Raider head coach. So, or this new generation of Oakland Raider head coach, uh... Post ESPN, <laughs> John go. Gruden, yeah, call it different eras. Uh, but you no, know, people were clowning on him, and now it kind of feels like that trade for Mark Cooper looks a little bit better. Am I wrong? No, you're not. And even if uh, Mark Cooper, he he wasn't out there blowing up the stat sheet last night. No, he had six catches, 75 yards on 10 targets. Still solid. Still something Cowboys really weren't really getting before him. Sure, those aren't you know Julio Jones number one numbers, but there's something, and it does open up more for the rest of the team you'll see other uh, receivers or you know because mark cooper draws a little bit a little bit more attention the safety shades that way a little bit more that's more open space in the middle for cole beasley that's more for alan hearns who we've seen kind of do more in the past two weeks uh they activated noah brown last night he was hurt the first eight games probably don't know about noah brown he's a really low-end receiver i think he was undrafted a seventh round guy two years ago from ohio state i've seen this film i like him i think the cowboys like him so maybe he starts getting thrown into the mix more with Terrence Williams, I guess, gone. I don't know where he is. <laughs> Bryce Butler is already cut, even though they brought him back for two weeks. So the Cowboys have a bunch of moving parts at the receiving core, but starting it with having Cooper and, you know, say Cole Beasley, really good start. So the hot take, I think, coming out of this game was that Jason Garrett gets to keep his job another week. Does this win help or hurt Cowboys fans? Yeah, in a way, it hurts. <laughs> uh, no one... Really picked Dallas to win this game. I didn't pick him. I weekly pick him. I watched the NBC broadcast pregame beforehand. Tony Dungy was the only one to take him. And I just think that's because he was the last one to pick. And he was in last place in their standings. And everyone else had taken the Eagles. So he just went the other way. Uh, and yeah, on that point, that's exactly Jerry Jones. Because to kind of come out and back up. Hey, look, Jason Garrett just did this on a short week. Oh, Dak just threw for uh, 270. And a touchdown didn't turn the ball over. Gets to kind of, hey, Jason Garrett got this done. He got this done. And kind of just, it's going to keep the Cowboys in the 
walking mediocrity. How so? How do we feel about eight and eight this year? Because I feel that's kind of the way that this team is heading. Oh, probably <laughs> four and five, right? Yep. Game under 500. I I could see I could see the Cowboys being a 500 team, but of course that's not where you want to be. If you're a Cowboy fan, you had high expectations for the season. I think before the season you said they were a nine and seven team. I think it more benefited ten and six. Ten they, and six. They still have some easy games coming up. I mean, this game's not easy, but next week you're at the Falcons. They just lost the Browns, uh, but they were hard beforehand. So the Falcons you can't really get a read on, I guess. But you're Baker Mayfield's dangerous. Yeah, that'll be a game in Atlanta. Then you get the Redskins again. Uh, this one at home, you know, redemption. Then you get the Saints. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, then you get the Eagles again. And then you get at the Colts, Buccaneers, and at the Giants for your last three games. Three winnable games in the season. Uh, if you're already sitting, you know, you take at least one of these next four games between Colts, Redskins, Saints, Eagles, put you in prime 8-8 eight and eight position. <laughs> prime 8-8 eight and eight position. All right, let's pivot a little bit more. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More on to the Saints, who ended up losing Des Bryant. I kind of want to get your reaction on that. Former Cowboy wideout. Uh, I thought he was going to have a promising future with the Saints. I thought this was going to be a good uh, situation for him to be in. Now it kind of feels like the book of Des Bryant is closing. That that just hurt. That, that pained me so much. It, it was what two days after he signed it. He was just going through workouts, drills, warm ups, everything. Just the wrong step tears his Achilles. Uh, I don't know if you chalk that up to. I mean, sure he wasn't working out. He wasn't doing NFL workouts. Uh, I believe he was still staying in shape. Maybe not the best of shape because you know being in season and then having self discipline two completely different things. And I guess that's kind of what you credit to. He w- just wasn't fully ready and. Just that one bad step. Kind of feels like a freak accident. We've kind of seen this happen. I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to him trying to bounce back from that because he's going to be, what, 30 by the time he's ready to go again. He's going to be coming off a torn Achilles. The Saints have already kind of said that they'd give him another shot next year. I hope so because I don't know who else would unless he has to have another small prove-himself deal from him. Maybe this time a worse team doesn't get the doesn't get the luxury of going to the Saints. Drew Brees is a good guy. Sean Payton seems... You know, used to think he was a saint. Now I'm not so sure. But I will say this. Uh, it's not a charity, the NFL. I don't think Dez is going to get another shot. I'd love to see him get another shot with a team. It's probably going to be like Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who are desperate in need for a quarterback and a couple star-studded wide receivers to sell some tickets in the future. Uh, but I don't think Dez is going to get another shot. I will, however, say the day we're recording this, Brandon Marshall got signed to the Saints. I like that even a little bit more. I think that Brandon Marshall, he's not as good as Dez name-wise, name recognition-wise, but I think that he has a little bit more in the tank, and I'm going to be curious to see what he can do for the New Orleans Saints. Oh, on the bright side for them, he was playing earlier this season for Seattle. So he's been in shape, he's been in camps, he's been in, he's been in games. That's the difference. He's been practicing. So I think that could help them a lot of, you know, because they weren't going to use Dez this upcoming week. Uh, they are going to use like another week or two to really get him ready and get him in time. Brandon Marshall, get him in there, you know, throw the playbook at him, have to sleep on it, eat it, whatever he has to do, 
get it down. He'll be ready to go on Sunday probably. Okay, so I needed the Detroit Lions to beat the Chicago Bears this week. Of course, every time that I need something to happen in the NFL, it doesn't. The Vikings had a bye week, so we don't get to talk Vikings football on this podcast. But this is a very pro-Khalil Mack podcast, but we're very anti uh, Chicago Bears. So Chicago ends up winning that game 34-22. We didn't do my scoreboard rundown on Sunday night. We usually do that during the Sunday night football game. We didn't do that pod this week, so we're going to do a little bit of it right now. Real quickly, Chicago beats Detroit 34-22. Mr. Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky uh, looks like the second coming of Aaron Rodgers with 395 yards. I'm not super psyched for the Mitchell Trubisky era in Chicago. I was kind of hoping that he wasn't going to be good, and now he's looking more and more like the type of dude that you could uh, build a franchise around. That hurts my feelings. Cincinnati ends up losing to New Orleans. Yeah, by, they didn't lose. They got smacked. 51-14. I didn't see that one coming either. I thought Cincinnati. That Okay, so this is where we get to talk NFC North football. And this is where I kind of get to make my point here. Do you realize that all those quarterbacks in that division, outside of Baker, are terrible? Hold Be- on. Joe Flacco <laughs> has been playing. Joe Flacco is on that Ryan Fitzpatrick level of I'm competing for a job at this point so I'm just trying to get that next big paycheck I don't know what he's doing here because I don't think that the Ravens are going to keep him around so what is he playing for at the like besides playing for your pride and playing for the love of the game if the Ravens give this dude another huge contract or even like a decently sized contract they're handicapping themselves so I don't know what they're doing Ben Roethlisberger is playing with two legit stars in Antonio Brown and Juju, Juju Smith, uh, I don't think that either one of those... Those two are two of the best receivers in the league. I, I put them in the same tandem, not in the same conversation as Diggs and Thielen, but I think that they're in that like top six uh, wide, wide receiver duos. Um, and then James Conner looks like the type of dude... He stepped right in to fill in for Le'Veon. Big Ben has arguably better talent around him than everybody else, but even he looks adequate most of the times, and you know, this is a very pro-hype uh, uh, podcast. I don't buy the A.J. Green hype, though. We've talked about this before. I've kind of said that he, I think that he's the top eight receiver in the league, uh, but Andy Dalton is handicapping him easily, and I love Andy Dalton. Loved him at TCU, love the Red Rocket, but this dude is not... I don't know. He's a good good NFL quarterback, but he's not the dude that you need to play games like against New Orleans Saints. No, Baker he, Mayfield, the jury's still out. And, and, you know, Andy Dalton's kind of going on that path, I think, soon of he's going to be, you know, let go or whatever. Cincinnati's going to get a new quarterback. And then he's going to be that guy that kind of, I'd say, what, what Ryan Fitzpatrick did. He's going to fill in and start for a couple teams for a couple years. Oh, two or three years here in uh, Oakland. Oh, then you go spend a year in New York. Now I'll go spend a year in Houston. <laughs> Ryan like Fitzpatrick, and that's Mike, a guy he, he can get paid like that until he really shows off one season and is able to ink a long-term deal. All right, you ready for a hot take here? All right, so South Cincinnati podcast listeners, you got a really hot take right here. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick might get a Hall of Fame career going just on the basis of he is finessing all the money. He's finessing every NFL owner, every NFL GM into thinking that this is a dude that we can build around for two to three years. You know it's true that every time Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's a $10 million deal on the table, he balls out. And I don't know if it's... Was, was it a couple years ago? Him and the Jets couldn't come to an agreement because he was asking for too much money? It's crazy. It's 
unbelievable. I don't know what they're teaching these guys at Harvard, but holy cow, he has found a way to finesse the system. Okay, so Tennessee smacks New England, something I never thought I would hear. Uh, 34-10, Tom Brady yeah. doesn't look great. Emphasize that one. Tennessee smacks New England, get the heat off the Cowboys. Yeah. That was that was a tough tough game to watch as a uh, Tom Brady fanboy. Indianapolis beats Jacksonville 29-26. The Jacksonville defense has fallen completely apart at this point. Um, I, I don't know how you regroup. I don't know if this is Blake Bortles. I don't know if this is uh, Tom Coughlin, if he needs to make some executive decisions down the road with that offense. But they're not putting up enough points, and their, their defense is staying on the field too long. Again, that's another situation where I'm not completely sure what happened to Jacksonville. They were in the AFC Championship game. They were, what, 15 minutes away from going to the Super Bowl? They were, they were missed call away. Miles Jack wasn't down. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying that they were they were one of the better teams in the league last year. Arguably, on the final four teams, they might have been the most talented team in the, the final four. And now they're not going to make the playoffs. Now, now they're back to, to Jacksonville. <laughs> After a year, of the, yeah, they, like you said, they absolutely soared and took off. Uh, and they looked really good everywhere. That's the thing. They they ran the ball. They beat you on defense. And Blake Bortles did enough. He didn't have a great year. You know, he wasn't. He, he's not out there. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. He's Blake Bortles. <laughs> you know, that's what, but he was doing that. He was not turning the ball over, being just different guy. And now it's he's kind of back to. I can fit it in anywhere. Blake Bortles mentality. You know who I could see going to Jacksonville and competing, and this might be the quarterback that gets them to the next level. Andy Dalton. If you put Andy Dalton on that Jacksonville team, I really do think, like, again, I'm not saying that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's going to make a Pro Bowl. But you put Andy Dalton on a Jacksonville Jaguars team and give him one or two weapons. I mean, Leonard Fournette, he's been banged up. We don't really know how his career is going to end up. TJ Yeldon is looking adequate. He's not looking great. Uh, But, man, I... I would like to see Andy Dalton go to a team like Jacksonville and kind of just gun things out. I know he just got a new deal, though, too. So he's got, what, three years on his contract still? This year and two more? Uh, free agent after the 2020 season. So, okay. that's So, not so two more after the season, two more. Two more seasons. All right, moving on. Uh, Washington beats Tampa Bay. Oakland falls to uh, the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers, uh, which, again, that's a weird... How, how do we feel about the uh, just real quickly? How do we feel about the Chargers? We still uh, think of their playoff team. Uh, I've been I've been pro Chargers a little bit. I like them. A lot. I'm still anti Chargers. Got they got to prove it to me. Green Bay beats Miami 31 uh, 12. The Rams barely squeak out against the Seahawks 36 31. I think that that uh, is going to kind of start falling apart pretty soon. I don't I don't like the Rams. I feel like the hype machine uh, has really turned up on the Rams. And the minute that you become LA's team. All the pressure is on you. We've seen this with the Trojans. We've seen this with the Lakers and Clippers. Every time that the LA media really like says, okay, we're going to buy in, it's a kiss of death, and it's tough. And you hate to see that because LA is a really good sports town. But, man, I, I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to keep this momentum going into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, boy, they gave up 31 now to, the, to Seattle this past game. They gave up 45 the week before to the Saints. They don't. They don't stop anybody. Sure, they have their front four beyond frightening. I saw Aaron Donald doing things that no human being should be able to do, <laughs> with the Domkin Sue, Dante Fowler, Fowler, and Michael Brockers in that front four. Filthy. I can't name you a player in that linebacking core. In that, that secondary. In, in that secondary, Akeem Talib been hurt all year. Marcus Peters, he just keeps getting burned. That's it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I can't name you the safeties. I, I kind of know some of the weird backup corners, but other than that, yeah, there's just no no other big playmakers on defense. They're putting it all on that defensive line. 
And yeah. you're paying those guys a lot of money. Jared Goff, he's been looking okay. Todd Gurley, I still think that he, if we're going to give it to a dark horse uh, MVP, I think that he's having a, a similar season that AP had when he won the MVP award. I like Todd Gurley a lot. I think Sean McVay is you know, the real deal. I think that he's the best coach outside of uh, the AFC because the AFC has Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. Um, but, damn, that's a tough that's a tough. I, I don't know. I just don't see that this. I don't see the team that is constructed as is going in the playoffs and making a big shake. And I don't want them to be that team like the 2016 2016 Falcons, who you know set all these offensive records and then you get in the Super Bowl and you collapse. I kind. I would hate to see that with Jared Goff. I think that would be the thing that breaks him. We had Jeff Fisher at the beginning of his career. You have a Super Bowl collapse uh, similar to the uh, Falcons one. I don't think that you survived that as a young quarterback. Uh, sorry, I kind of lost what I was going. But uh, moving on, I don't know if you – did you say this game? I don't see if you caught it or not. The, the, the toilet game? No, I purposely skipped that game because I wanted you to bring it up. Oh, excellent. Uh, the Buffalo Bills going in to play the New York Jets. Buffalo Bills, that's led by Matt Barkley, was in the league, uh, I don't know, 10 days ago. Uh, yeah, they won 41-10. to 10. I don't know if that's saying something about the bet, about the Bills or the Jets. <laughs> Todd Bowles I, is on the hot seat. I, I think the whole AFC East just has to go, and I like the Dolphins, but <laughs> but they have a fake, what is it, 5-4 and four record right now, a 5-5 five and five record, whatever they have now. It, it, it's 5-5, five and five. it's fake, okay, they're 1-4 way, they haven't beat anybody good. It's been like that forever, and I just don't understand it. What does that conference need? Division needs. And, yeah, Division. I mean, coaching is one. Because, I mean, how many of those head coaches can you name outside of Todd Bowles? Uh, isn't this McDermott? Isn't that the Bills? Bill Belichick. I mean, but but outside of those guys, I, to me, I think it's, it goes with Adam G. I think it goes GMing. I think it goes head coaching. And I think it's quarterback play. Because outside of Tom Brady, who's 42 and a half right now, or 41 and a half, I, I just don't see uh, a good quarterback in that division outside of, I mean, Josh Allen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ellen, maybe? I was say, that, that was a the thing. They brought in Josh Allen this year, and Sam Darnold was drafted. And- uh, number three overall. Yeah, Sam and they Darnold, thought those would be the two saviors of the division. I think Sam Darnold is going to turn into something special. I really like Sam Darnold. Um, Josh Allen, he, super athletic. He beat my Vikings, so I got to give him hats off to that. But I, I just don't know how. Uh, I don't. I don't know how this division is going to shake out. So we're at the halfway point, Brendan. Give me your or past the halfway point at this point. Uh, give me your second half prediction with this team. We have. Patty Mahomes is he your MVP at this point? Where where do we have the MVP race going? Yeah, I was actually I was pretty close to bring that up to you because I was I was thinking it. Uh, it's really tough. I really don't know if I want to go. It, it's neck and neck with me for Mahomes and Breeze. See, I think Breeze is getting a lot of hype, a lot more hype I, than I, he needs. I to. think Mahomes is Mah- yes, Mahomes has been great, but I don't think you realize how much he's benefiting just from that system Andy Reid has perfectly in place. He's making all these th- these throws. To open receivers. See, we did this exact same thing with Tom Brady. 
we said like, oh, it's a system. Bill Belichick has it all set up for him. He just needs to make the plays. Dude, I'm sorry that Patty Mahomes has a cannon and can do things special and has Tyree Kill, the fastest man on the earth, and has Travis Kelsey, a security blanket, and has all these weapons. Like, I'm sorry that he's got Kareem Hunt, but you can't punish the dude for being able to exploit what he has. Patrick Mahomes, to me, is the best quarterback in the league this year, hands down. Drew Brees breaks that record. Great. All love. I have no hate for Drew Brees. You said I said earlier, great guy. But uh, to me, this the fact that we kind of just want to hand him an MVP, you know, another one of these like awards to put on the shelf to pad the this might be the fifth best quarterback of all time. Okay, if we're really trying to make a push for Drew Brees to be the fifth best quarterback of all time, what does that really say about Drew Brees? Well, I don't. I, I do see where you're getting at, but that's just that's not what I was thinking for this Drew Brees case. I don't care who it is. It really <laughs> the, feels like the season he's putting on. It really feels like if we were like a similar situation would be if we were trying to get LeBron that fifth or sixth MVP award in year 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 of his career. You know what I mean? I feel like Drew Brees, the book is closing on Drew Brees. The Saints already have their quarterback for the future. They kind of already kind of, it feels like they're moving away from Drew Brees. It feels like they're already kind of have a contingency plan set up. I like the guy. I really do. But I can't see I, I don't I just don't like the idea that we're just trying to give him this award and have him kind of just go away. I, I, well I think that's who it comes down to. It's gonna be Breeze, Mahomes. Uh I saw a list earlier. The other two guys up there is Gurley as one of them. And the one that threw me off. Philip Rivers was on there as a top four MVP candidate. He's always in there though. He they always throw him in there as a dark horse guy. I feel like every other year he is the dark horse MVP. I think a couple years ago we had uh, Joe Flacco be the dark horse guy. The dude that's going to get like six or seven votes from the West Coast, and that's about it. I, I don't know. Again, Patrick Mahomes, this is a – you heard it here. My bet is Patrick Mahomes. I really like him. I think that he's going to pull away with it. Where is the, what's the Chargers record right now? 7-2. and two. And if I'm not mistaken, Philip Rivers is the only quarterback in the NFL that has thrown at least two touchdown passes in every game. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, so he's putting up stuff. But one thing is, we finally seen Rivers the past few years is he, his arms kind of wear down as the season has gone on. He he's an older quarterback and he's asked to throw the ball a lot. He's not just asked to dump it off, dump it off, do whatever. He's asked to let it fly. And we see uh, just in the past few years, you go look at the numbers first half season, second half season, you see them go down because arm just kind of gives out. So last point before I let you go here, Eli Manning is having an abysmal season. They haven't played the Monday Night Football game. We're recording this on Monday afternoon, so you get this Wednesday, so we don't know the result of that. But at the time of recording, they're 1-7. Uh, you know, my man Obiel Beckham Jr., who I believe is the best wide receiver in the league, has said that they could win eight straight games. Um, that might be a joke on Wednesday morning when you listen to this. They might have won this tonight. I don't know. But my point is, Eli Manning, to me, is the first quarterback in my lifetime, at least, that I can... S- honestly say has played him with his way out of the hall of fame now there's only a handful of dudes in the history of sports who have had such an early career success and then has just stunk the second half of their career right if you go from 2012 till now you take his last super bowl appearance till now he has zero playoff wins has more interceptions and touchdowns, and has a very poor, I don't have the number right in front of me, I looked it up earlier, has a terrible QBR. All that said, 
In 2012, when he walked off that field with that second Lombardi trophy, ESPN had ran their ESPN the magazine story and was talking about the Hall of Fame and said, look at these guys that are going to be future Hall of Famers. They put Jason McGray in the Basketball Hall of Fame. That ended up coming true. They had a list of guys that might be going out, coming in, all the entire thing. Here's my point. Eli Manning, outside of Odell Beckham Jr., getting helping him drag his the end of his career along should have retired three years ago if you retire in 2015 then i can say okay the last three years your brother had the same issue you know your arm fell off that's fine cool whatever we're gonna put you in the hall of fame because two-time hall of two-time super bowl winner there's only a handful of those on the planet and there's only a handful of those guys that are still alive. And the Manning family has done so much for the NFL that it just feels right to put Eli in. But these last five years have been some of the worst quarterback play I have ever seen out of a quarterback that's played in New York City. No, oh, he's horrible. It's <laughs> it's awful to watch. And you know, obviously we, we pin most of it on Eli, and I think that's fair. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't deal with a great line. Well, that's. I don't know. That, His dad didn't either. Yeah, Archie didn't have a good offensive line. Yeah, and uh, when you're Eli Manning and you're you know, uh, I'm a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, you should have some power to be able to go talk to your GM Jerry Reese, right? Uh, and say, hey, I need this guy a lot. I need some. I need a few linemen. Go spend a few bucks to help me out because you know he spent the money on the receiver. We used the top two draft pick on the running back. Uh, Sterling Shepard was a second round pick. They brought in Brandon Marshall last year, thinking they were going to have something special on the outsides. Uh, they drafted Evan Ingram, tied in a, a high pick. See, but you're even focusing on the last like two years. Yeah. I'm saying like go back all the way to 2015. These last three years even have been just terrible quarterback play. And it'd be one thing if he was getting sacked every single play, which you can make the argument he is. <laughs> But he hasn't been able to hit his wide receivers. The offensive playbook has shut down. And this is the point. This is the one point I'll give you. Drafting Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, people are jumping on that bag wagon right now. I still like Zeke a little bit more in that division. I, I've, at the beginning of the season, I said on paper, Saquon is better than Ezekiel Elliott, just from what I had coming into the league, from what Zeke did at Ohio State versus what Saquon was doing at Penn State. I liked Barkley a little bit more. But at this point... There's not a guy on this planet that I could say Zeke is having a better season. Like, it's just from the eye test, Zeke is the better running back. And it's, it's the system. And I don't think Pat Shermer should get all the blame for this either because he did a really good job with Case Keenum in Minnesota last year. I This all is on Eli. He has played his way out of the Hall of Fame. Am I wrong? No, I, I think he's actually been that bad. What is now their, their last two, was it? So they won two games last year, right? They went two and fourteen. Right now they are one and seven. One and seven. So that's three and twenty-one. I think the year before that they only won a handful of games. They've only won about like five games in the past two and a half seasons now. And that that's supposed to be a Hall of Fame quarterback quarterback in that team. When yeah, when that conversation comes up, you know, all the old guys in Canton talking about should we let this guy in? Those last four years, I think, are gonna impact it. I think you have to though, right? Like I. I wouldn't vote for him, in, and my vote doesn't count. But Eli, because he's a Manning, if you put anybody else's name on there, he doesn't get in. But because he's a Manning, I think that they sneak him in there. I think that he's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, we riot. But I don't think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I do think he sneaks in there. Brendan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I hope we get to talk to you another time. Appreciate it. I'll catch you guys later. Thanks. All right, thank you again, Brendan, for 
coming on the podcast. Again, we didn't give him a chance to uh, give his Twitter handle, so I'll give it for him. His Twitter handle is bsnow97. That's b at bsnow97 on Twitter. So you get a chance to go follow him. He puts out some pretty good stuff. He covers the Texas State Bobcats, uh, and he's also you know a good friend of mine. So thank you for him to coming on the podcast, talking a little bit of NFL action. So let's talk uh, NBA. But I want to. I, I didn't mention this in the intro, but the biggest thing right now happening in sports, of course is college football. College football has, to me, really taken over the national news this season. For some reason, I don't know what it is about this season in particular, but this season to me feels like it's a special one. That Maybe it's because Alabama is so good, um, but it, it just feels like this is the this season is better than the NFL. And I don't know, a lot of the time, I, any other year, I would disagree with that statement. I would say that the NFL is always going to be king. But college football this year has been really good. And this is what I really want to talk about here is the Heisman race because we have a couple weeks. Uh, right now, right around Thanksgiving is when everything heats up because not only do you have uh, the big games, you're going to get Alabama-Auburn coming up. You're going to get A&M and LSU coming up. And then you're going to get all the conference championship games. So we can, we potentially get a rematch of Michigan-Ohio State. At some point, hopefully, uh, we, well, no, we get Michigan, Ohio State, then we get to see whoever wins that game is probably going to play in the uh, Big Ten Championship game. Of course, Alabama, unless they trip up against the Citadel, uh, or potentially, or maybe Auburn too, potentially is going to play in the uh, uh, SEC Championship game, and I think that's really what's going to matter the most. All right, so moving on now, because this is what I really want to talk about is the Heisman Trophy race. So right now it's a 3 three. Uh, horse race to me and I think these three guys for sure are going to get invited to New York and I'm not sure who else should get invited but I know for a fact these three are going to it's going to be Kyler Murray Will Greer and Tua Uh, Tua has been the leader this entire time mostly because Alabama is so good but you know you pay have to pay the piper because Tua has been so excellent so lights out in the first half and third quarter of games he hasn't played in the fourth quarter so that said, right now he ranks seventh in touchdown passes uh, for a quarterback. He has 28 pa- uh, passing touchdowns. Uh, Kyler Murray, 32, and Will Greer, 31. So two has got 28. Here's the point. Point is that I guarantee you Tua has more touchdown passes if he plays in the fourth quarter of these games. If Tua plays in the first, fourth quarter of these games, there's no way that he doesn't have more touchdown passes than even uh, King from Houston. There's no no way that he doesn't have more touchdown passes than the leader right now at 35. But he doesn't play in the fourth quarter. So we have to go off the stats that he gives us. And that's 38 passing touchdowns, passing yards. Uh, Tua doesn't even rank in the top 20. He's number 22 at 25-25. So 2,525 yards. Kyler Murray and Will Greer sit in the top 10 at 8 and 9. There's a point to all of this madness. This is what the point is. Is that Tua not playing in the fourth quarter of these games is hurting his Heisman stats. Nick Saban doesn't care. Alabama fans don't care. Because Heisman trophies go with the player. Right? Of course, you're going to get a replica to put in your uh, trophy case and to, you know, persuade recruits to come to your uh, school. And that's all fine and good. But Alabama fans care about national championships more than they care about any individual award. 
You could win a Nobel Peace Prize. If you don't win the national title, it doesn't matter to Alabama fans. And that's the right way to be. I don't blame him for that at all. Nick Saban doesn't care. To me, Tua isn't going, he might not win the Heisman. And I like this take a lot. I, I have thought about this a lot. I like this take a lot. If for, by somehow Oklahoma and WVU get a chance to play in the Big 12 championship game again, like if Texas falls off, like say Texas loses another game down the road, say they lose to Iowa State this weekend, and West Virginia beats Oklahoma, or beats Oklahoma and then they end up playing each other in the, uh, in the Big 12 championship game. Whoever plays best in that game is going to win the Heisman, and I really like that. It's it's incredible to me that the four best quarterbacks in college football right now, two of them are playing in the Big 12. Big 12 quarterbacks stink in the NFL. I think that that's a, it's a proven fact, scientific fact, that Big 12 quarterbacks aren't good in the NFL. What's the last good NFL quarterback that came out of the Big 12? I can't think of any off the top of my head. I like this take a lot. I like the idea that we're potentially going to have, because Kyler Murray is not going to go to the NFL. He's going to go play for the Oakland Athletics. So Will Greer could be the best quarterback in this year's draft. Will Greer could be the number one overall pick. I like this a lot. The Big 12, everybody hates on it. You don't get any respect outside of uh, outside of Texas for the Big 12. Oklahoma fans are saying they should be in the Big 10. You know, Oklahoma State fans are trying to jump out. Outside of Texas, the Big 12 gets no respect. Oh, shoot, outside of college, uh, college Station doesn't give UT any respect or give any of the Big 12 teams any respect. But outside of Texas, uh, the Big 12 gets smacked all the time. Nobody gives them any respect. I think this might be the second best conference in the uh, college football this year. I think that the SEC is, of course, number one, and the Big 12 is a pretty close number two. I like this a lot, guys. Uh, two and not winning the Heisman doesn't matter for Alabama's uh, national title things. If, if anything, I think that it makes him play better. But uh, this is good. This could potentially be a really good story going down the line. So we're going to keep you up to date on all that. Going on to the NBA, though, there's two really big things. First off, Jimmy Butler gets traded on Saturday. Uh, we didn't do the podcast yesterday, so we didn't talk about it at all. Um, we, we get to talk about it now. So let's jump into it. And then, of course, we're going to talk Car Carmelo Anthony. Um, Jimmy Butler getting traded. I like it a lot. I like that he got traded outside of the conference. Minnesota, to me, it really made me worry. It really made me worry. It gave me a lot of pause. That if you think about Minnesota sports, my dad's a big Minnesota sports fan, so I've grown up in that household, in that uh, type of environment. Minnesota sports, outside of the Vikings, um, are, are not good. And for this reason. Um, the Stars, the North Stars move. They leave, New, they leave Minneapolis and move to Dallas. They immediately win a Stanley Cup. The Lakers win six titles in Minneapolis, they move to LA. They win ten more with uh, you know Magic and Kareem and Shaq and Kobe, um, Pau Gasol. So Big Poppy played with the Twins. Was a twin for a time in their farm system. Leaves to Boston. Wins three rings in Boston. It's been tough to be a Minnesota sports fan. You see all your favorite players leave and go do better things in other places. Joe Maurer really is the only dude who in my lifetime I haven't seen leave and go have better success other places. So it's nice. It's nice to see Jimmy Butler 
go to a team like the 76ers, but not for pennies. You know, the last time the Timberwolves had a player of Jimmy Butler's uh, status, and this guy is a much bigger player than Jimmy Butler, and I'm just saying status because there's it's the polite thing to say. Kevin Garnett, when he went to Boston, um, that trade was lopsided. You were giving away a top 10 player in the league for Big Al Jefferson and a couple draft picks. It didn't. It wasn't a fair trade. Boston clearly bamboozled Minnesota in that trade, and they won a title in Minnesota made the playoffs for the first time since 2004 last year. That was a one-sided trade. Boston clearly won it. Um, but this is the first trade that I really like. And it's not official yet. And Joel Embiid is going to Miami tonight. This is, Again, we record this Monday night. So he's going to Miami tonight. We'll see how he does. Um, I, I listened to all the talking heads. Cowherd doesn't like the trade. Other people don't like the trade. I love this trade for Minnesota. They ended up getting uh, Sarge and... Robert Covington. Robert Covington was talked about being the best non-star in the league, being a two-way player. He got his name in the same conversation as Andre Robertson in uh, OKC. You know, people were talking about him in a trade for Kawhi Leonard. You know, you have to be a big-name dude to be in the same conversation in, in a trade, to make a fair trade with the San Antonio Spurs. Sarek is really good, too. Those are both pretty good NBA shooters. By NBA standards, they're not bad. And you gave them to Minnesota, who is a team that desperately needs shooters, who desperately needs guys that can space the floor for Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew Wiggins, to me, is a dude that is going to go down as one of... A, he's not going to be a bust, because the term bust has been given to guys like Anthony Bennett, who didn't even need to be in the league, given to t teams like uh, guys that drafted Kwame Brown, or unlucky players like Greg Oden who got hurt you know so there's no way that Andrew Wiggins is going to go in the same conversation as a bust he's not going to be a bust but he's not going to be a dude that you need to have compete as the number one overall pick and granted you know the Cavs drafted him Timberwolves got him in that trade for Car or for uh, Kevin Love so the Cavs technically won that trade because they got Kevin Love and they won a title. And I really do feel at the end of the day that's what matters in these trade discussions. But you need guys to space the floor for Carl Anthony Towns. The team put together right now, we had the playoffs last year, Jimmy Butler, people were comparing him to a top five player in the league. Let me tell you something, and we've talked about this before. Top five player in the league, to me, means that you can take your team to the playoffs. You can take a team and carry them to the playoffs. There's only five guys in the league that can do that. Kawhi Leonard. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. That's five. Those are the, the five guys that I can say, hands down, year in and year out, you can put them on the Brooklyn Nets, the Atlanta Hawks, whoever, and they're going to carry them to the playoffs. Jimmy Butler is not that guy. Jimmy Butler is a top 15 player. And top, when I say top 15, I mean 14-15. I love the dude. Great guy. He's my mom's favorite basketball player. Love Jimmy Butler. He's not a top five guy in the league he's not a top 10 guy in the league but I think that he could be the type of dude that can help the 76ers win games and that's what matters is at the end of the day can this can that team can that core with Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons two guys that can't shoot and Joel Embiid a guy that is you know last year played really well but we don't know if he can stay healthy for an 82 game season he did it last year he was on minutes restriction um I'd like to see him not be on a minutes restriction. I like my big men to be able to play full games. Um, but, you know, I digress. 
I like Brett Brown. He's a really good head coach from the Spurs system. So you know he's going to be a good, potentially good head coach, potentially great head coach. Uh, Jimmy Butler, I think, is going to be the type of dude that can really push that team over the edge. Now, that said, where does that put the 76ers? I still don't think that puts the 76ers in the top three category in the East. The Celtics have struggled, and we're going to have a Celtics. So here's a fun little tidbit. I'm Right now, if you're a Celtics writer, we're trying to get you on the podcast, okay? I've got a couple guys that I'm very interested in, but here's the issue. We got Thanksgiving break. I mentioned it in my intro that we have Thanksgiving break come up, so I don't know how many podcasts I can do. Uh, of course, I have that funeral on Saturday, so I'm not going to be able to get back down here in time to record on Sunday night. So we potentially don't have a Monday podcast. We potentially don't have a Wednesday podcast. Friday is going to be kind of tough because you know we have Black Friday shopping on Thursday, or we have Thanksgiving on Thursday. So there's a lot of deal, a lot of issues going into this. So I'm going to try to have something happening. One, I'm going to have at least one podcast for you guys next week, but. The following week, I would like to have something going on. And so we're trying to get a Celtics writer coming on. And then, of course, we have some national NBA writers that we're going to have come on in the future. So all that said, I like I like our chances on getting somebody. But here's – so, okay, back to the point. Point is, the Celtics, to me, are still one of the most talented teams in the NBA. So I like I like their shots. I like their chances on uh, com- continuing to p- compete. But when you compare them to Giannis – and you compare them to Kawhi Leonard, I think the Bucks are a player away from being the best team potentially in the Eastern Conference. And Kawhi Leonard's playing like an MVP. If anybody tells you Kawhi Leonard's not playing like an MVP, they are crazy. Spurs fans at this point should just hands down say, this trade but worked. This trade worked both ways. The Raptors got a guy that can help win them the Eastern Conference. The Spurs got a guy who is looking like a genuine all-star. He's playing out of his mind. DeMar DeRozan's being a playmaker. We didn't see this before out of him. I love love this trade. This might go down as one of the best trades in Spurs history. And that's tough because Kawhi Leonard was a finals MVP. He looked like the guy that was going to carry us to the next level. But I, I like this trade a lot at this point. We're going to see how it goes, but Kawhi Leonard's my MVP. iHeartRadio is recognizing the top podcasts in America. Based on podcasts, you are saying the best. The iHeartRadio Podcast Awards are coming in the very first major podcast award program where your vote will decide who wins. Over 20 categories like crime, comedy, music, sports, curiosity, hundreds, hundreds of nominees and special guests. The 2019 iHeartRadio Podcast Awards live from Los Angeles, January 2019. Cast your vote now at www.iheartpodcastawards.com. I don't think we're up for anything. My producers are telling me we are, in fact, not up for any awards for the iHeart Podcast Awards. But in the future, I guarantee that we are going to be in that conversation. We just got to keep getting bigger. And the way that you get bigger is you like this podcast, you share this podcast, you subscribe to this podcast. You're listening on the iHeartRadio app right now. Thank you for doing that. We're trying to stretch out to the next level. We're trying to get ourselves on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get ourselves on Spotify. We're trying to get ourselves on every other uh, platform we can. And, you know, the way that we do that is we get sponsors. And I don't have any sponsors right now for you. But we're getting there and we're working. So if you are a company, if you're an owner who would like to be sponsored on this podcast, let me know. Contact my people. We'll contact you back. Okay? We'll figure something out for you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you even more for everybody that reached out to me about my passing of Bob Butler. Let me tell you something. Every podcast from here on out, everything that I do from here on out is dedicated to that man. He helped create me. 
So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for everything that you've done uh, to help grow this podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.